UNHR Department of One trying to figure out how to balance task and strategy while keeping up with changes in regulatory compliance? Do you need a fresh outlook on old topics? Then stop what you're doing, grab your coffee, and get ready to recharge. If you have people, you have problems to solve and things to do. Your host is Brenda Neckvottel, a 20-year human resource professional, ready to explore the HR industry with veterans of business and life with fresh eyes and new ideas. Learn about the rapidly evolving changes in employment law around the country, as well as new tactics to deploy and build engagement in your workforce. If you're looking to implement new practices to make your job easier in HR, then this podcast is for you. Hello and welcome back to the Best Practices in HR podcast. My name is Brenda. I am your host. And you know what? I am on remote. It has been an absolutely insane several weeks. And um, so I am doing some episodes as I am out and about running around, doing some traveling, seeing some clients and uh, catching the opportunity to do this in between everybody versus sitting in the studio. So um, I have some fun things that are coming up. So this is going to be kind of a, a little bit of a um, transition episode. Uh, we are in the process of actually making some small changes and lining up some new guests to the actual episode and the podcast series. Um, and I'm really excited about it. So this is going to be pretty great. So definitely stay tuned. Um, I really do appreciate the fact that you're back here. Cannot begin to thank you so much. Um, you know, it's I get some really great feedback from folks who listen to the show. They're starting to hit me up on social media. And really, I truly honestly cannot be any more grateful than I am feeling right now to have you guys coming back time and time again to um, participate and uh, take away really hopefully really good content for you guys that is applicable to your business today um so like i said we're going to be making some uh, some small changes and some lineups uh to the actual guests um stay tuned for that it's going to be it's going to be pretty good and of course we'll have jim he's coming back um eventually we should be seeing chira again and i'm in the process of actually participating in a second podcast series and that one's a little bit more lighthearted. Um, we talk about some edgier topics, and I'm doing that with Chira. It's actually called a PR lady and an HR lady walk into a bar. <laughs> so uh, come check us out. We should be launching that uh, towards the back end of June, if not the 1st of July. So we're pretty stoked about that as well. Okay, so we've got some changes coming up uh, on the landscape, and we're going to talk about some of this overall as well. So first off, we've got some poster changes that have taken place in the month of June. So folks, um, one actually took place on the 30th of May. So if you are in the states of Washington, Oregon, and Maryland, your states have updates to their posters. And you can visit our friends at the Compliance Center. Um, You go to bestpractices.work on our website, click on Affiliates, and you are going to be able to click on using the Compliance Center um, link and our friends over there. There's a code where you can get your posters and an additional discount, but you can go ahead and take advantage of reaching out to them and they will be more than happy to help you out. Um, So we're going to talk about what I refer to as the mid-year roll. And I don't anticipate this episode being very large simply because um, this is usually about the time of the year where 
we're going to see a lot of new laws being implemented at the state level. This is the reason why I call it mid-year roll. So typically, states will launch new laws in um, kind of like a bulk format. They've had an opportunity for the general assemblies and the legislative bodies to meet at the beginning of the year. So typically around the 1st of July is when we do wind up seeing several new laws that are starting to come out. Now, it is primarily at the state level. Now, the federal level is, you know, much different. Those can roll out at any particular time. But something that you'll, you'll see, if you have not been a practitioner in human resources for any extended period of time, there's a couple of different types of law that we have to follow. So first and foremost are the acts. So, you know, we've got, you know, Family Medical Leave Act. We have American with Disabilities Act. We've got, you know, a wide variety of defined acts that have been instituted at the federal level. Then we also have case law. So case law is the ongoing litigation that happens from one court to the next and it takes specific instances and in specific cases and identifies what employers should or shouldn't be doing and actually makes a ruling on them. So when we get to case law that'll simply mean that whatever that ruling is now we've kind of got a, now we've got a benchmark in which we can uh, utilize and identify practices that help solidify um, as an organization. Um, employment attorneys are very helpful in helping to interpret this stuff, but this is where we actually form best practices from. Um, more often than not, that's where they come from. Then we also have different types of rulings. So you'll have a ruling from a government agency like the National Labor Relations Board, under the NLRA, which is National Labor Relations Act, then you'll also have the EEOC making rulings as well. So those rulings also come with different types of actions and activities that we have to put into place. So for instance, uh, under the NLRB's ruling for NLRA, um, talking about workplace conditions has been ruled and deemed as a concerted and protected activity, which means that if an employee wants to discuss their wages with other employees, they are permitted to do so without any type of uh, repercussion because it is identified as a concerted and protective activity, which means that it's something that can take place within a group. And as a result of that, since they are discussing workplace conditions, wages are one of them. That's what uh, falling into that category of concerted and protected means concerted meaning multiple individuals and protective obviously being identified as a uh, condition in the workplace that hands off. So, um, so you're looking at you know different types of uh, actions and activities. But when we're talking about the mid-year role, new states when they're not new <laughs> new states. Oh my gosh, states when they put out new law, they also in the actual body of the law and the release that they submit, there's also I, like parameters on how long a company has to be prepared in order to implement. So basically, some of these laws may start like in the first of the calendar year, or it may even take a whole year for them to go into effect, or sometimes 18 months, kind of depending upon when thing, what the leg legislative body determines. So 
Um, you're so just be mindful. So just because something changes doesn't mean it happens like right now. So if we talked about this in a couple episodes back, um, actually the last episode when we were talking about um, the changes and laws surrounding marijuana usage, how New York City was in, uh, made the, the change where employers can no longer test for THC in pre-employment drug screening. So there is a specific date that is tied with that. That means that drug testing companies, uh, medical examiners that actually review the data, and employers have time to take a look at their practices, look at the services, look at their um, SOPs, look at their policies, and make those adjustments before this actually goes into place. So that's critical. And, and understanding when these things are going to happen gives you time to understand, okay, so how do we evaluate our needs so we're compliant, okay? Um, what is it that we need to do in order to be compliant? What kind of knowledge do we need? Do we need a system? Do we need a process? Do we need an individual that's, you know, going to be able to oversee something? So this is a really great opportunity for you to take time and work with your HR team, work with your management team, potentially work with your executive team, because sometimes these changes will kind of shock your budget a little bit as well. <laughs> so they're not necessarily something that you're ready for, you're used to. Um, it, it does, it, it can be, you know, a little surprise coming at there. And matter of fact, the last one that I was involved in was um, when Sarbanes-Oxley came out. And uh, that, thankfully, we had a significant amount of time to prepare for something like that. But that actually definitely shook the budget, no doubt about it. So we're going to continue to watch uh, these legislative changes and watch for adjustments and updates from state to state. And when they do come out, um, we're definitely going to bring them forward in the show. So that is going to be coming up over the next couple of weeks. So I definitely want to start getting you folks prepared for that stuff because it may very well get a little bit, uh, a little exciting. So for those of you, <clears throat> some of you may know if you follow me on LinkedIn um, or if you're paying attention to the social media sites, you'll see that from time to time I get on and I answer questions on a website called Quora, Q-U-O-R-A. And it's a pretty interesting website that allows employees or anybody really to go ahead and ask questions in relation to whatever they want. And there's some pretty funny questions that are out there. But what I wanted to share with you guys today is that those of you who are listening, I want to share some questions with y'all that I'm not necessarily answering but I want to share questions with you because employees are out there looking for answers. And usually when an employee is looking for an answer, there is something motivating them. And once they get the information, they will find some way to use it. Or it could just be something where they realize that the juice is not worth the squeeze. But there's some pretty interesting questions out there. So what does that mean for you guys? Well, it means that you may very well have employees that are going to be trying to ask the same kinds of questions. Uh, usually what I find is that these individuals, as I've, you know, had some form of exchange with them, and I don't do a lot, mostly on the employee side, uh, because I'm really here to help employers, but periodically um, I will help somebody out. <clears throat> but something has happened. They're slighted. There's an incident and of course, I am of the belief always that there's two sides to every story and the truth lies somewhere in between. But you know what? Some of these folks are adamant 
that they are absolutely right. And there's a very strong chance that they may be. So, so let me share some of these with you. Um, so that way you guys have an understanding of what employees are actually looking for as far as information. And every now and again, when I talk to a client or I talk to a CEO, talk to a president, sometimes when I even talk to an HR practitioner, they are really shocked when this question, when these types of questions come up, because for them, it's like, who would ask this kind of question? Well, who, the person that would ask this kind of question is somebody who's trying to find armament because they're looking for a win. So understanding what employees are looking for as far as information out in the workplace is never like get too far away from understanding what this is. Okay, so the first question is, is it legal to not pay an employee who forgets to clock in or out at work? Now, more than likely, this particular question has been asked because this particular person has hours missing and instead of going and talking to their employers, they are jumping on Quora to find out what their legal rights are and to just kind of pull the landscape. They also be, may wind up getting pretty fueled about some of the answers that come back. So that is definitely the kind of question that is not uncommon. And I see that one on here quite a bit. All right, so here's another one. This is actually, in my opinion, it, it sounds like this could an individual that could be a manager who doesn't really quite know what to do. So this question is, what is the best way to handle a dispute between employees? Now, if, you, if you're a seasoned veteran in the business workplace and you've been a leader for a little while, you may sit there and go, what? Why would somebody ask a question like this? Well, here's the thing. My interpretation of this question is that this individual is not well-versed and may not necessarily have the support in order to do what needs to be done, and that's handling disputes between two employees. So they're looking for other types of feedback and different types of ideas because that tells me that education is not being made available at the, um, at the, at the office. And this may very well also be a person who's at the apex level and just is, doesn't really know what to do. It doesn't have. I mean, she may be right way up at the top and there is no um, soundboard for that person to talk to. So, okay. Is your employer, this one will scare you, I'm sorry, but it will. Is your employer allowed to fire people if they catch wind they are trying to unionize? This one would make me nervous if I knew where this person worked. Because the answer is no, they cannot. It is unlawful under National Labor Relations Act, again, concerning protective activity if they are working towards unionization. So that's a big one. That's a big flag. <clears throat> I'm not saying start sending your people out and watching you know, for questions coming on Quora. But again, this is the type of question that people want to know about it. Um, let's see what is out there. Now this one tells me that there's a dispute going on in the workplace. And the question reads, can an employer force accommodations or time off for a non-work-related injury when it is not medically needed? Now, that tells me that there's a difference of opinion. It tells me that the employee 
is pushing back saying I can do the job and it tells me that the employer may not be wanting the employee to come back to work and because of the condition of the workplace because the employer is knowledgeable enough that if the employee is working in a in an environment where their injury could get aggravated the employer now owns that injury for the lifetime of the employee so totally understand why that might be going on as well Ah, here you go. <laughs> There's another one. This one's kind of ugly too. Did you benefit and prosper from a union labor job or were you stymied and disillusioned? That is a cancer inside of a company. And that is something that employers really need to be looking out for. So there are people that believe that the glass is half full. There are people that believe that the glass is half empty. This is a person who doesn't believe there's a glass at all. So that is a totally different individual that is asking that kind of question. And there is absolutely an agenda there for sure. Here's a good question. Here's a good question. And, and I'm going to be addressing this at some point in time um, on Facebook, or excuse me, on LinkedIn. But this is for employers. And I think this is a good one. As an employer, may I ask the doctor of my employees if the sick leave is genuine? Whoever wrote this really needs to find a good HR professional who can help them out and understanding why that is very dangerous in an attempt to do. As employers, we are not obligated to any medical information of any employee of any kind with the exception if there is an injury in the workplace and the only exception with a very, very, very narrow margin is if you are managing through an individual's Family Medical Leave Act request for leave of absence. You only need to know when the person is going out, when they are coming back, and when they come back, are they able to fulfill the essential functions of the role with or without an accommodation. Uh, let's see. Mm -mm. I have like 91 questions. <laughs> okay, here's another one. Can you get fired in Virginia if you accept a settlement from a workplace injury? Can workers' comp demand your company to fire you? Again, this is an individual who is really nervous about whatever is going on and is having challenges, so they're going out and looking for these answers out there to figure out what their next steps are. Okay, here's another good one. I was paid 10 hours of work instead of 13 that I was scheduled for. Bear in mind, scheduled. How do I get fired because quitting isn't an option? So you have these individuals that are out there, all right? So if this person was paid 10 hours of work instead of 13 hours that they were scheduled for, what they are saying is that they were scheduled, but they haven't said did they actually work the 13 hours now if they worked the 13 hours and they only got paid 10 hopefully the employee will approach the employer and say hey listen I think that there was a mistake can we get this fixed if it's a smart employer they'll say hmm yeah let's take a look at this they'll look at the schedule or they'll look at the actual hours punched and work and sure enough it was if it's wrong they have a margin of time to go ahead and correct it um, <clears throat> Here's a good question. And this just may be from sheer morbid curiosity, 
but how are those in the highest leadership positions within organizations held accountable? Uh, again, I think that one's just, you know, just somebody asking for, you know, just out of sheer curiosity. All right. Um, here you go. If someone starts a job and tells the hiring manager that they cannot work on a certain day of the week, can they schedule them on that day and fire them if they don't show up? So, you know, just about every state it, it operates on an at-will basis, right? Which means that, you know, either the employer or the employee can go ahead and terminate employment with or without reason at any time. The downside to at-will is that it is no longer as strong as it once was. And it is, um, it is layered with different types of employment laws. So we've got Title VII, we've got, which is the discrimination laws. People cannot be discriminated against for, you know, wide variety of things. There's also American with Disabilities Act. There's quite a few things, right? So when somebody is asking a question like this, that tells me that they've been scheduled, even though they have informed their employer that they cannot work, either somebody's made a scheduling mistake or somebody's made an intentional change to the schedule and has not communicated with the employee because I've seen this before several times, um, and that they are at risk at not of getting fired and to be honest with you years and years and years ago this actually happened to me um, I had put in I had followed the process because I'm gonna tell you right now I do not like getting in trouble so I followed the process and I put in because I had a family member that was slowly dying of cancer and she was at the very end of her life and it was my one time to drive out of state to go visit her make my peace and then come back so I put in for two days off um, my manager did not update the schedule as he was responsible for. So we had a hothead of an assistant manager who liked to make very snap decisions. I showed up after, you know, three days of grieving and, and doing something that was very tough for somebody at my age at that time. I returned back only to find out that I was fired. Well, I went and I talked to my assistant manager of the department and explained what happened he got on the phone called the manager of the department and the manager went oh my gosh I can't believe I did that and then the assistant manager of my department went and talked to the store manager well they they put me back on the schedule again they rehired me in the system and the store manager wrote up the assistant store manager for violating company policy and we had a three-day no-show no return you know no show no call policy and I was gone two of the three days and because of what the my manager failed to do uh, he also got disciplined as well because that puts the company into some pretty serious hot well after that the assistant store manager never talked to me again for whatever reason somehow whatever whatever was going on got him in trouble enough that they didn't they didn't like me anymore it's like but then three months later, he got fired for doing cocaine in the store. So <laughs> you got to be the judge of character on that one, right? <laughs> okay, let's see. Da -da 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 -da. Okay, here's a good one. What are the telltale signs of a large organization is about to do a mass layoff of employees? That is a very scared employee right there, okay? 
Here's another question. Do managers feel and know when it is a, when an employee is about to resign? Uh, that's also a really good question. Those are employees that want to know, like, am I going to be able to get out of here without, you know, having any bumps and bruises? Or, you know, am I going to be able to make a clean exit? <laughs> and this is, a, this is a really, I mean, these are some real questions here. This is one that's kind of interesting. So when hiring new employees, does the manager rely more on logical thinking or a gut feeling? And people want to know these types of questions. And there's usually, in this type of question, there's usually a reason behind it. And it usually isn't a good one. So uh, this one, I, I'm, I'm just kind of at a loss as to how to even interpret this. Um, but I'm going to read it to you anyway, and then we're going to wrap this up. So, because I got a doozy of a last one for you. So how would you react if a new staff member who was not very competent demanded you double their salary? Yeah, there's some, there's definitely some entitlement going on here. Um, and it sounds like whoever is dealing with the situation, again, is, is very unprepared. And I'm going to go ahead and close this session um, with the last one. And, and this one is silly. Um, it's just a silly question, but again, it goes to show you what employees are looking to understand. And the question reads, what is the difference between workplace temporary employee discrimination and employment discrimination? So something pretty ugly is going on back there in the background. Uh, yeah, we're not even going to touch that one. <laughs> so holy moly. So listen, folks, so you, you're welcome to jump onto Quora, Q-U-O-R-A.com, and you can search for my name, and you can see some of the things that I'm actually answering out there. I do answer some employee questions, but I answer mostly employer questions, and you may have a very similar question. So you're welcome to go on there. Go ahead and follow me. Every now and again, you'll see me post something over on LinkedIn. You'll see me post something over on Facebook. So you can find me on social media. I'm pretty easy to find. So on Instagram and Facebook, I'm at HR Best Practices. That's who we are. I'm both. You can find me on LinkedIn by Brenda Neckvottle. You can also find me on Quora and Twitter of the user, same username, Brenda Neckvottle as well. So you guys are welcome to follow me. I encourage you to do so because there's a lot of really good information that comes out. So look, folks, thank you again for coming out and spending time with me. I really do appreciate it. I'm super excited as to what the future is holding here. Um, don't forget, you have the ability to pick up the free HR calendar for 2019. Right now, typically the summertime, there's a lot of, a lot of stuff is out of the way. So people are going on vacation, so there's not a lot of compliance stuff coming down the pike. So everybody tends to get a little bit of a breath. However, if you use the calendar well as a strategic tool, you can start to look ahead as to what you need to plan for for the rest of the year. So if you don't have anything like this in place, go ahead, log on to my website. That's bestpractices.work. Down at the bottom of the homepage, click on free HR calendar. Go ahead and put your information in there. I don't sell my mailing lists and I don't send out a lot of spammy stuff. So I only send out pertinent information that I think is important for people to know. Um, and you can go ahead and download the free 2019 HR calendar. Definitely use it. Stay on top of what it is that you need to do because I promise you it's really going to help you out. 
So thank you guys. Thank you, thank you, thank you for joining in again. I really do appreciate it. You guys are awesome. Thanks for the feedback. Thank you for the questions. Please keep them coming. Um, this is good stuff that we're going over and I look forward to spending more time with you guys in the future. Have a great one and I will talk to you soon.